Welcome to the Working Women's Channel. My name is Clara Capano, and we're gonna share the real secrets to success. Come on in. Welcome to today's episode of the Working Women's Channel. I am here with my friend, Vonnie. Vonnie, you are calling in from Canada. And you and I met several years ago when I was doing one of my ninja classes. And we just kind of became friends and have stayed connected. So it is an honor to have you here with me. It is so exciting to be here. I'm glad I'm happy you're doing this. What a great platform to bring value to women. So happy to be here. Thank you. Yes. And, you know, you and I have the the common passion of, you know, unlocking people's greatnesses and also being able to, you know, serve and give back. We also know that the road to success is not always an easy one. Can huh. you think about a time, you know, as you were building your life, building your career, where maybe, you know, you kind of hit some roadblocks, either personally or professionally? And, you know, what was that challenge and how did you overcome it? Yeah, right to the heart of it. I love it. I appreciate you asking that because so many um, podcasts, I've been on various podcasts and you focus so much on the successes, right? And I've always loved, weirdly enough, hearing about the struggles mm -hmm. because then I feel like I'm not alone. So yeah, I, um, I've i been an entrepreneur I uh, for 30 years. Uh, actually, February in February will be 30 years. And I started selling Cutco actually as a university student. And I did um, my first 15 years of business selling Cutco in-home, doing sales and service. And then I went into management with them right after I graduated. And then um, the last 15 years, I've been working in the business gifting space. But the I have two big challenges that come to mind that I can't even discern between the two of what's more important to share and how it impacted. And for me, like, I can't imagine anything not like anything that's affecting me personally is going to affect me professionally, I can't compartmentalize mm -hmm. um, who I am is like, I like to show up who I am is everywhere, right? Like I'm, we're bringing ourselves to what we do. So when I had um, graduated from university, I was, uh, I had been promoted to a district manager in our company and I had started running my office and, and um, teaching people how to sell cocoa and passing along some of that, those, those pieces of value to people. And, and, um, a few months into that, I, uh, I had kind of already started to figure it out in my own head, but I hadn't come out of the closet to my parents or anybody else. So I was coming out of the closet and I was 25, kind of a, in my mind, late bloomer, um, <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres was just coming out and, and that kind of inspired me. And I came out of the closet, I told my parents, and uh, that didn't go very well. I'm from a, a Mennonite home, a, a Christian home. It just was, uh, they had a tough time with it. And even though it was very authentic for me, and it was kind of coming into myself, and it was very true for me, I, I, um, I struggled with the way my parents were reacting, as well as all the shifts in my, my own identity mm -hmm. um, during that time. And I remember just crying all the time. Just yeah. couldn't get my head on straight. And I um, I ended up quitting management, which actually reflecting on that was I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. But where I feel like my my I, my I shine in this role in my company, which is still the same company I'm as a as a is as a uh, sales representative. Right. 
So, which is cool. I went, I quit management, went back into selling, but I just couldn't stop crying. It was just, a. I fell into a depression. I ended up quitting management and working through that. I didn't even know what that was actually. Mm -hmm. I had no frame of reference for what was going on inside my head. Other than that, I didn't feel myself anymore. Like my brain seemed like the enemy Mm -hmm. and um, nobody had, you know, a lot of people weren't talking about mental illness or mental health challenges at that time. And so I finally went to the doctor because I couldn't, I couldn't get, I couldn't um, get my head above water really is the only way I can describe it. And so I ended up getting on medication and I felt very shameful about that because I'd for years been somebody that's like, and even being in my organization, very positive, you know, you always look for the silver lining and, you know, you kind of talk yourself through things and lean on your support network. I had a great support network, but I still just Mm -hmm. felt like my, I was was sinking. And so I ended up working with my doctor. I got on antidepressants at the time, worked through my shame of that because I just had, I had to do something. And finally, after a few months, I, I began to feel more myself again. And I ended up getting off antidepressants at that time, six months into that or six months after and uh, continued on. It was, uh, it was life-changing for me. Uh, everything seemed to shift. My whole identity, of course, it was, I felt so uncertain. I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I uh, had to get my head on straight. And, and so throughout my entire life, I've navigated mental health mm-hmm. uh, challenges. It runs in my family. Mm. And only one other, a couple of other times in my entire life since then have I had to, or chosen to, I should say, go back on medication. And I just, it gives me so much compassion for people that struggle with this. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you're bringing this up. And there's a yeah. lot of what you just shared that I want to, you know, dive into, but let's start with this idea of the mental wellness and the shame um, around it, because you're right. Even though people are talking about it now, I still find, and I don't know if you see this, that people still have a lot of shame around it. They huh. feel like they should be able to handle it themselves. They feel like lesser of a person. And I also am on medication for anxiety and depression. I've been on it for about five or six years and I went through the same thing. But you know, when you're walking around again, not feeling like yourself, if this is something that can help you, Again, it's, we want people to be well. So, you know, yeah. what was, you know, how, what do you think are some things that we can do to, you know, help others who maybe are, are again, feeling that shame or feeling un, even more unworthy and nervous about having to go on it? I mean, there's obviously other avenues people can go, but I don't think there should be shame if you need to take medication. Yeah. You know, the place I go with it, my wife is amazing for this because, uh, you know, I'm 10 years married now. And obviously, you know, that's a, such a happy ending from what I just talked about, a happy ending, but a happy, you know, from coming out and now I'm married 10 years and celebrating that. And my wife is the best at this. She's like, you know what, if you had a broken leg or if you have a headache, you're going to, maybe, you'll, you know, maybe you'll get a massage or whatever, but maybe you'll take an Advil, maybe you'll do both. But, you know, these are, we're only just beginning to understand, I think some of the um, brain health. And I will tell you, like, I, I work with a coach who inspired me. And the reason I'm coaching with David Irvine is he had said at one point that he went to a doctor for depression. 
And the doctor said to him, you know what? And I'm going to paraphrase this and I'm probably going to butcher it. But the doctor said to him at the time, he's like, I wish everybody had to deal with some level of a chronic or illness or something like this in their life. Because what happens is in some way, although I wouldn't wish this on everybody myself, but it's made me Mm -hmm. somebody that has had to build structures into my life where I have really positive routines. Mm -hmm. Like I work out almost every day. I, uh, because it helps me physically and mentally. I have routines like gratitude. I sit and I write in my journal in the morning and I think about what I'm grateful for. I, um, you know, meditate now, even though I don't think I'm very good at it, but I just try, you know, I, uh, all I can do. So no, just, yeah. it's all I can get. Well, you know, I, and I, I have a kind of a joke that I say about myself yeah. that I'm not broken. I just have a little hail damage. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that, you know, sometimes you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to, again, be perfect yeah. that we make ourselves even more unstable by trying to keep ourselves from getting well. And I love that analogy that your wife makes about if we had a broken leg, we would do something. You know, something just isn't working and we just sometimes need a little bit of help. And I just think we need to, you know, encourage more people to seek out what is best for them in a healthy format. Again, it could be meditation. It could be exercise. It could be diet. But you know what? I I know that I feel better. I know I can show up with more purpose, you know, and that's that's important. And I just don't think, again, we don't know somebody's journey. We don't know what yeah. they're struggling with. And for us to make a decision of you're lesser of a person because you need to take medication, that's not our call. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it beautifully there. And I, I'm just such, it's it's made me be somebody that I focus constantly on optimal physical, mental, emotional health because, hey, I got it. I got exactly. it. <laughs> but so, it's, you're right. Like it's not everybody needs to take it, but I think, you know, you know, it's a journey to know yourself and know what works best. And I'm I, you know, I'm somebody that doesn't have to maybe be on it for my whole life. It's more circumstantial. And I use it as sort of a, but as a, a lift mm-hmm. or a support, but I'm like, the brain is such a complex organ. I mean, just like any of our organs that might need a little bit of support here and there. I mean, no shame in that. No shame in that. So yeah. now I want to go back to, um, you know, what you first started the conversation with and, you know, coming out and going through all of that, because obviously there there is a large process to that. And I am one so grateful and so proud of you for doing that because everybody deserves to live their authentic life. And I also am sad as to how challenging it was, you know, with your family. I think that whether it's somebody looking to come out, it could be somebody looking to get divorced, somebody who doesn't want to marry the person their parents want them to marry, don't want to go and get the degree that their parents want them to, you know, there's always this, I'm disappointing someone else. You know, you were 25 and I'm sure that you knew the truth several years before that. How did you get to that process so that if somebody out there is struggling with living in their authenticity and standing up for what they truly know they need, how, what are some thoughts you have to help people overcome that fear and, and lean into their truth, even though it might be hard? Yeah. So such a great question. I think for me, I suspected things and they were in there, but I I don't know, you know, where I go with that is that. When you know, you know, it's the time. Like these things are massive, 
massive things, uh, right? To divorce or choose to, you know, I, I've, I've had a five-year relationship once that I just knew I kept, you know, this is almost a different kind of story, but it was a big, big thing to make a step to leave that relationship. Um, even though I knew it wasn't working. You know, but so, so uh, such a big part of me was like, I'm afraid to be without this person. I love this person and maybe we can make it work. Right. And you just don't want to, you know, it's scary to make those big changes. Right. But it's interesting that same as same with coming out of the closet or anything big change that I've had to go through or gone through, there's been this process for sure. Um, and then one day I just need to do it. Mm-hmm. I just need to just do it. And I remember it was this, it was this random Tuesday and I tried for so long to make it work. And I was just driving along. And I'm like, you know what? Today's the day I need to let go of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And I ended up um, breaking up with my girlfriend at the time of five years. We are the best of friends now. And I'm married for 10 mm-hmm. I'm with the person that, you know, it's, it's not, sometimes just hard to, you know, what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you aren't quite hundred percent aware, but once you know what you need to do, just have the grace to just let yourself take the time you need to take to before you make those moves because they are they can be really really big. And just to, I guess, authenticity for me has always been my highest value. So right. once I've known something, and I don't always know right away, but once I know something, it's almost like I can't not. Mm-hmm. I can't not do the thing that will be leaning into my true self, if that makes sense. And I think a lot of people probably are in that boat. Once you know you're going to make that move. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I would say along that, grab everybody you can to be a safe space for you. Grab a support network. We all don't, we're, I'm privileged. I am so lucky. And you probably are too, Clara, where we have people in our lives that, are incredible that way. And yeah, it can be tougher to make those choices that leave, lead you to your authentic self or in, if you don't have those support networks. So even if you, you know, just therapy or like get a great person in your corner or talk to your friends and practice on people that practice on people that are going to be a safe space first. You have to surround yourself with love because You know, when you're in it, you need those people around you to to show you that, you know, you're still accepted, you're still loved and that you're not alone. Because I think so many times, you know, we may lose some of those other relationships that we have. It could be permanent. It could just be for the time being. But yeah. you know, sometimes, again, like you mentioned with your you know partner, you were with for five years when you ended that relationship, you didn't end the friendship. No. You know, that was still yeah. there. You just ended that specific chapter. And so I guess, you know, again, being open to what the new future can hold to you. It doesn't have to, just because you sever something, it doesn't mean it's an ending for something. That's true. That's true. It does. You know, there's that saying of, you know, you got to sometimes start walking down the hallway to see the open doors, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they are there. They're open. It's just sometimes you got to take those little steps. And I think like, you know, having people in your corner, whoever you might open up to, but start speaking I think that shame lives in secrecy mm. or to ourselves and others like Brené Brown talks about shining the light on, on shame because it cannot live in the light. And so I think is if, if you're struggling with something that is true to you, but you're secretive or like, you're not kind of try to find safe spaces where you can speak 
talk it through and speak it into existence. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily, maybe you'll find out that that's actually not the right. path, but, but at least it's not living in some sort of silence in your head or secret in your head that you're just going back and forth with over time. And mm-hmm. I remember, uh, I'll tell you this. I remember um, struggling with the, am I gay? Am I not? Before I came out to my parents. And I remember driving out onto a gravel road. I'm from a small town. I went out to visit my parents for one weekend. Cause I always came home on the weekends. And I remember driving out in the dark and kind of looking up at the sky and the stars and, and the moon. And I just, it was the first time I said to no one but myself, I'm gay. And I yelled it. Oh, <laughs> wow. But I had, I had to release it. And uh, that was the beginning of a process of being able to not have it live in my head, but be out there yeah. and, um, and then be able to start sharing it. And then I didn't share it with my parents right away. I shared it with my best friend who was a safe space and then so on and so forth. So I love that because I think, again, when we proclaim that in whatever way we need to do it, again, yeah. we take that ownership and that control back of our identity. And I think that was a beautiful example of how you, you had to get to the point where you could say it out loud and embrace it. And again, take that responsibility and take that ownership for who you really are. And yeah, I think that was, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. So I want to just shift gears really quick to business real quick, because, you know, you mentioned that you work for Cutco Knives, Cutco Gifts, but you know, you're kind of underselling yourself. So I really want the listeners to understand that you're kind of a badass in, <laughs> and, you know, you have not only been, you know, number one in your territory, in your country, in North America, and you're always in the top, you yeah. know, what would you say are maybe like one or two of your really best business tips? Cause we have a lot of entrepreneurs, right. a lot of, you know, professional women, what yeah. helps you, you know, stay at the top of your game, you know, and build this long-term sustainable business practice? That's such a good question. I would say the first thing that comes to mind is I think any business, I, maybe I'm, I'm simplifying it, at least my business and many businesses out there are built on relationships. You know, Scott Stratton has this quote, he wrote on marketing and unselling. I love Scott Stratton. And he said, if you believe business is about relationships, which I do, then make building them your business. That's it. And so for me, I'm really in tune with like why I do what I do. Cutco gifts. Cutco is a vehicle mm-hmm. to be able to touch people's lives, uh, like what you do, instructing, teaching, in, being an injury instructor. So many uh, you're speaking. Um, this is a vehicle I use to be able to impact relationships, to help um, business owners touch their clients and relationships and impact them. And so I think for me, it's just. Know why you're doing what you're doing. For me, my why and my purpose is to be able to um, connect with people, to build and nurture incredible relationships. That's why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other piece for me is just I've always been somebody that shows up at my desk, shows up every day. Um, and I know that might sound weird. Um, you know, I suppose if you have a coffee shop, you're going to be in there every day if you're running a, but. Mm-hmm. For me, who is in sales, who does a lot of work just here in my home office, uh, even today, I didn't really, I I presented in front of a group today and I uh, needed to, I wanted to make some calls to my database, my clients. I don't really feel like it. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like it. I do it. I I consistently show up 
for my business, for my clients. I consistently show up and take little steps day by day by day. And so I think for me, one of the most empowering things I do in my life and business, and this is so like cliche, but as I take every day, tiny, daily, consistent action, rinse and repeat, and there's not a, it's not sexy. Um, you know, I'm sexy, but it's not. Yeah, exactly. I'm just kidding. I love that. No, you are, you are. (laughs) It's not magical, but the magic happens. Yeah. And I remember talking with them, a couple, you know, top producers that I work with and they said the same thing. They're like, you know, success is kind of boring, you know, but it's true. It's like, let your why drive you. And then again, show up physically and mentally. You have to do the work to get the results. Again, there's no secret sauce to it. It's showing up authentically and staying consistent. So awesome. I love those things. Yep. So, you know, you are at an amazing part in your life and your career. And I know that you're nowhere near being over. There's a lot of things out there that you still are going to be working on. So what is next yeah. for Vani? More podcasts like this. I'm just kidding. Um, I do actually really love, I love this. Um, but I would say, ah, such a good question. Continue to spread the word across Canada and get the message out to my industry that I serve, which is mostly realtors and mortgage brokers, as well as we work with other business owners, but on, on the power of generosity, like whether it's taco gifts, somebody is giving, but just the power of generosity to transform a business and to transform relationships and unlock loyalty and referrals. I love that message. I love giving it. I try to live in my life and business by it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not perfect at it, but giving starts the receiving process. I, I think I want to be a, I want to be a thought leader that way. I want to message over product. You know, I do sell a product for sure, but again, it's the vehicle, right? And so continue to get that message out to people that need to hear it or want to hear it. Um, continue teaching realtors and industry like agents how to ask for referrals, which is how I built my business to keep keep bringing value. And uh, yeah, I don't know beyond that. I think... Um, I'm noticing that I'm attracting a lot of opportunities, even ones I don't go for, but just for reaching bigger audiences and brokerages. And um, so keep doing that. Maybe one day I'll write a book. I don't know. I I think about it. Who knows? If you're ready to do that, I definitely have people that can help you. And I I, think you might already have the title for your book together. So we'll talk about that offline. Oh, we should. Yeah, I I see myself. I, I love talking about mental health and business and entrepreneurship and so I don't know how to tie those two together yet, but we're doing it right here. So, but yeah, I can see just continuing to speak and and give voice to some of these things that we're talking about here today. That's awesome. Well, I know you're going to accomplish so many more things. And you know, Vani, you are just such a bright light. And um, from, again, from the moment that I met you, I was just, you know, instantly drawn, you know, to that energy. And I wish that we lived closer together so we could do more <laughs> because you are so fun. And again, you, you really walk your message, you know, you live it daily. And that sense of really caring about others and that, you know, giving to others and that belief of generosity, it shines through in everything that you do. And I just want to honor you and acknowledge you 
for you know showing up as the person that you are because each and every day you are touching lives and you are impacting people you know even in ways that you may not even know and you've impacted me and i just value you so much and just so thrilled that we have become friends over the years and maintained our friendship and i can't wait to see you in person next time i come to canada me too well i can't wait we gotta hang out and spend some time and it is really Thank you for giving me the platform to share this. And uh, thank you for doing all the things you do to bring such incredible value. I am just honored to be your friend and a colleague in this big, beautiful industry we serve. So thanks, Clara. Thank you. So as we close out, one last thing, if you could just bring it all down to (laughs) one message that you would want to leave our listeners with, what would one message be? Oh, well, I I really love this phrase for me, trust you being you is enough. I I, I just love that. Um, you know, it aligns with that authenticity we're talking about. You know, so many of us women, especially we we do try to give our best out there every day. And I, I think I'm coming to a place in my life that however I'm showing up, as long as I'm being me and I'm in service out there and bringing value, I'm enough. Like trust you being you is enough. And it, you know, mm-hmm. your your best, whether it's eight out of ten in a day, a six out of ten in a day, or ten exactly. out of ten in a day, is always enough. That's true. I love enough. it. Yeah, yeah. You, you alone. We are all enough the way that we are. So I love that. Well, Bonnie, thanks so much for being here. I'm going to put all of your contact information in the show notes. But real quick, is there one platform where is the best place for people to find you? That's a great question. Um, sharpgifts.ca is my website and you can find my info book a meeting with me there but uh, yeah sharpgifts.ca is a great place um to find me and book a chat or get my contact information and same like at bonnie sharpgifts on instagram or facebook is great too fantastic all right well you guys all heard here first with our dear friend bonnie fast the idea that you as you are is simply enough and to, again, live with a generous heart and focus on living in your vision and following your truth. So thank you for being here for another episode of the Working Women's Channel. We will catch you next time. 